Thinking Liberty, episode 24. Welcome to Thinking Liberty, the podcast that explores lifestyles of freedom-minded individuals. Join us as we discuss work, hobbies, health, learning, and more while living a travel-orientated lifestyle. Be curious, be open, be inspired, be free. And now, here are your hosts, Zach and Sarah Varnell. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Thinking Liberty. We're coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, and as always, I'm Zach. And I'm Sarah, and we have had a really busy holiday season. Uh, we really enjoyed 2017, and we saw a lot and did a lot, and it was a great year, but we're also really excited and looking forward to everything that 2018 is going to bring. Um, we've had some big changes in our lives that we'll dive into, um, but first, just here's a quick recap of everything that we've been doing. Um we camped out in our RV uh, right next to my parents for a few weeks over Thanksgiving and Christmas and really got to have some good family time in. And then we went and took a break and we went to New Orleans. Um, we Airbnb'd there. And I think we actually have had an episode um, where we talked more in depth about Airbnbs and how to pick um, good ones. But I think we're constantly learning. I think at some point I'm going to just have to dive in and do it and write a guide on this because uh, we're learning so much from our experiences. But um, another tip for you, if you do Airbnb and you um, liked that previous episode, don't hesitate to ask questions, Um, you know, contact the owner. And if anything is unclear or seems unsure about, you know, and there's things that are important to you, just ask questions. I mean, the location that we stayed at was pretty great in New Orleans. Um, It was easy to get around and we got to check out some of our favorite places that we had um, experience when they were, we were there before, but, um, it's kind of a weird situation. So (laughs) it's one of those things I probably would have never even thought to ask questions about these things until now that we've experienced it. So I guess it's good to have a little bit of experience Airbnb or staying with others, or at least hearing about other people's, uh, not horror stories, but not so great experiences. Um, so yeah, like Sarah was saying, right after we, um, we're done camping out on the mountain next to her parents. We headed down to New Orleans for to stay in an Airbnb for a week, and it was good. It was a nice location, but it turns out that, like, you know, it said it was a full house and, you know, completely private, but really the guy was just, like, living downstairs with no, really, door even separating us, so it didn't feel nearly as private, and you could basically hear his conversations like he was sitting next to you and I'm sure he could hear ours too. And then yeah, and we, we both work from home and he worked from home too. So we didn't take a vacation while we were there for that week. We were working from the Airbnb. So it was kind of funny because I'm sure he heard some of our meetings and we got to hear some of his meetings, but yeah, definitely, you know, ask if, if privacy and having, you know, your own personal space is important to you and, then, you know, ask, is is this your residence? You know, do you live here? And then if they say, yes, we do live there, then ask, you know, well, where do you go when somebody is renting out your place? And just see what they say. Because, you know, when we checked in, he told us, when people are here, I stay in the basement. But it really wasn't like a separated, you know, private entrance type. I mean, there was a private entrance. But it wasn't really like separated with, there was a stairs that went down to the basement. And then I don't think there was a door there. 
So it was just kind of this weird, open, flowing thing. Yeah, and he respected our privacy. It's not like he was barging into the house and, you know, being weird or anything. It's just one of those things where it's like when we rent on Airbnb and it says a whole house, we kind of expect for it to be a whole house and not, you know, be not hearing the host and all sorts of stuff in the basement. And then, you know, what really was annoying, too, is that the house just seemed to, like, draw in air from the outside. So every time somebody smoked on the porch or smoked outside next to the house, it would fill up, like, the entire area with the smell of cigarettes. Yeah, well, I don't think that's anything you could have prepared for by asking questions. Yeah, like I was saying, like, I had no idea. And that'd be a weird question to ask people anyway. It's like, you smoke. You smoke. Does it smoke your whole house up? Yeah, but really, I think the thing is, is just, you know, if certain things are really important to you, um, just make sure you clarify before you book a place. Because um, I'm one of those people, I don't want my little puppy baby talk being overheard by strangers. Yeah, so that was, you know, interesting. And there were some negative aspects. But in all, it was a good place to go and crash for a week and check out a little bit of New Orleans. And then our family joined us my brother and his wife and his three kids came for one night because we were all going to be getting on a cruise the next day so that was a lot of fun too that was the next thing we did was we took off on a norwegian cruise for like nine days or was it nine nights i don't remember but i feel like we went all over the place and since we had brought our dog ollie that we talk about all the time here on the podcast yeah, we really wanted to be away from him as little as possible. So we were like, he can stay in the Airbnb with us. And Unfortunately, we'll he couldn't find... come on a cruise. <laughs> yeah, um, sadly. Uh, so we're like, we'll find um, you know a daycare or someplace. Um, and I think we have mentioned um, on the podcast before how there are you know more and more apps popping up for um, pet sitters and even ways that you can become a pet sitter and travel, which... Hopefully, we're going to try that some this year. Um, it's one of my goals for this year. But um, one of them is Rover, and it's just this app that you use to find pet sitters in your area. Yeah, which I wasn't really that familiar with it. I had heard of the concept, but never used it before. So before we headed to New Orleans, that's just one thing I did is downloaded the app, logged in, and looked for people in the area that were pet sitters and found somebody who was a former vet tech of like 15 years and just now was a stay-at-home mom with a couple kids. So that sounded a whole lot more attractive to me than, you know, putting him in a doggy daycare, which are kind of hit and miss. There's been ones that he's loved, and then there's been ones where, you know, he was probably kept in a kennel way too much, and he hated it and never wanted to come back. So I was glad to get, you know, like a more personal experience where you're talking to a single person and they're keeping your dog in their home. And I think all in all, it was great experience. And, you know, if we ever have to leave him again at any sort of pet sitting, we're going to use Rover again. Well, maybe, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where since we hadn't been there before and we hadn't used her before, we did um, book him a you know half day um, with her so we could gauge his reaction and his responses to her and responses to the house and make sure that he was okay and not stressed out by the experience. And he was great. I mean, when we actually pulled up to leave him for the week, um, he was super excited to walk up to the house. Like he was pulling and running in and um, it seemed like he really loved the little kids that were there. Um, 
but if part of me did feel kind of guilty. Like, well, yeah, but, uh, how thoroughly were we able to vet this? But Well, she had, like, hundreds of five-star reviews. That's, so. that's true. Yeah. So, Zach did a lot of research. Um, that really made me feel better about it. But I mean, it's not like and, I'm uh, just really wanting to leave Ollie behind and go travel somewhere. Oh, without no. him. I'm just saying that, like, if I have the choice between finding some random pet sitter in a city or – you know, actually, or what's it called? A doggy daycare in a city or going on Rover and reading reviews and finding somebody to keep my dog in their own house. That's the way I'm going to go from now on. I think that's a lot better than, you know, a doggy daycare. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of one of those weird new experiences for me, but, um, I mean, it is a good app. Um, it really allows you to have, um, communication with them without, you know, um, directly, giving them your phone number, um, although you, know, you do in case of emergencies. But um, you don't have to exchange too much like personal information. So if you are traveling, it's a good option for that. And then um, they can send you pictures within the app and give you updates within the app. And so it was a great experience that way. And then, like Zach said, she was a previous vet tech. So that was kind of the deciding factor for me. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's not to me, it's one of those things sort of like Airbnb did the hotels. It's like hotels weren't bad to begin with. And there's, you know, good and bad hotels and there's good and bad doggy daycares. But for the most part, you can tell one from the other. So it's not like, you know, it's completely revolutionizing the way people have dogs taken care of because you could have had it done well the first, you know, to begin with anyway. But I do think it provides, you know, a new level of service and you get to know the person a little bit better and you can ask for, you know, texts and pictures to be sent to let you know how your dog's doing. And I think it actually ended up being, you know, quite a bit cheaper than a doggy daycare that would have provided those same services. Yeah. yeah and in yeah. that situation, he would have been, you know, in a little kennel or box or whatever at night. Um, yeah. Well, in this way, he was able to find his own little space on the couch and go or to sleep with her, or the kids or whatever he decided to do that night. Yeah, because they were super relaxed and comfortable with everything. But it definitely made it easier for us to relax on a boat for 10 days. Yeah. And then whenever we got cell phone service, we were able to get little pictures of him and updates to hear that he was doing well. So anyway, if anybody's interested in trying that out, I really thought it was a cool service. And you can find it at thinkingliberty.com slash rover. And I don't remember off the top of my head, but I remember there was some deal there if, as a horrible horrible ad or I'm not really trying to do an <laughs> ad. I'm just trying to let you know, but whatever, go to that link and there'll be something good for you. If you want to use Rover. Yeah. yeah there's some sort of discount code, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we are not good at this game. Um, anyway. but yeah, the cruise, let's talk about that. So, um, my sister-in-law, sister-in-law, our sister-in-law, Lauren, um, is actually a travel agent, and she specializes in um, cruise planning. And so her website's Travels by Lauren. Definitely check it out. And we are going to have her on the show at some point. We just have to nail down the details. Um, but she was amazing. I mean, Zach and I do all of this planning all year round because we travel all the time. And we're always, like, doing research and trying to find good restaurants and good fun activities to do and places to go and, you know, booking RV resorts and just all of these things that – it's overwhelming at times. Um, definitely worth it. We definitely enjoy it. But it's just kind of one of those things where 
Lauren asked us if we wanted to do this cruise. And then she started planning the whole thing and just sending me itineraries. Like, what do you think about this excursion or this excursion? And I was like, it all sounds great. <laughs> it was just, it was so wonderful. Um, and, you know, we've been on a couple cruises before um, and I haven't really done any excursions. I think my sister and I did one activity once and we went on a all girl family cruise um, with my PA family um, many, many years ago. And we did one thing and it was fun, but for the most part, we would just enjoy the ports and just kind of hang out and relax. And so it was kind of um, a new experience for me and I really wasn't sure what to expect. And I was like, well, are some of these going to be boring or just too much activity, too much interaction, just too much going on? But it was all great. I mean, it was just, it was so nice to have everything planned. Um, and we really had a ton of fun. Um, and, uh, Daniel and Lauren, they have two boys and a girl. So we got to spend time with our nephews and our niece and that was a lot of fun. And it was just a really good family vacation. Yeah. I had no idea what to expect at the beginning either, since, you know, I'd never really done a cruise with excursions, but I ended up really liking it because it was like a sampler platter of Latin America. As you know, I'd never been to any of these countries before that we got to visit, like Guatemala and Honduras, Mexico, Belize, and we weren't in any of them for very long. But you know, we really had it jam packed full of activities, and especially you know, in like Belize, we did three different things in one day. Where I feel like if I was just you know hanging out in Belize, maybe staying there in a hostel or an Airbnb, I might have been able to fit one of these into my day. Oh, I know. I mean, it was, it's crazy. Cause so, so Lauren didn't book these through, you know, the cruise company, she booked them separately, which saved us a lot of money. And so she would do things like she would reach out and she would find, um, you know, a van driver or a car driver and rent their time. And then they would act as our city tour guide and they would take us on these excursions. So I think in one place we went to Mayan ruins and then stopped at a place to pick up some local lunch from this like little local restaurant. It was so tiny. I think it was mainly intended for takeout. And so it was so good. And then we drove immediately from there to do cave tubing. And then from there went right back to... No, we, oh, you're even missing one. I'm missing we one. We went from lunch to a monkey oh, place. Oh, the monkey reserve. How did I forget that? Yeah, that was so cool. Yeah, so it was just... It was just this jam-packed day that she organized with, you know, the the driver and planned. And so it was, it was so, so packed, but it was so fun. Yeah. So even though, you know, in each place we were maybe there for six hours, eight hours, something like that, I feel like it gave us a taste of each little country we were in. And we could decide for ourselves, like, oh, this is really one we would really love to come back to and maybe spend, you know, a week or a month. Or maybe, you know, we would like to hit this um, country if we ever come through here on a backpacking trip or a road trip or something like that. Or, you know, there were a couple instances where we were like, that was a lot of fun, but I really feel like we've experienced all there is to experience in this particular place. Or maybe we wouldn't be too interested in coming back to this exact place and we would be more interested in finding something else nearby. So I really liked that, you know, kind of sample of each country we were in. And then of course, being on the ship was a lot of fun, you know, getting to spend time with my brother and my niece and my nephews and Lauren. It was a lot of fun. Even getting to spend time with Sarah was good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm over here making a face. Yeah. At him. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And 
So I know too that, um, you know, environmental impact studies are just now like being conducted and they're getting reports and conclusions. And so I know some people, there's like an ethical discussion on it. And I definitely agree that, you know, more research needs to be done and that there's a lot that the cruise ship lines need to be doing to improve. But I think that there's also a lot of benefits from it. I mean, like Zach said, it gives you a sampling of travel, um, especially if you're new to traveling, because you can customize it basically however much you want, like activity wise. Um, And so you can really move at your own speed and your own pace. And then also from what we saw, you know, there's definitely a boost to economies there. And, you know, people that we talked to, it was actually kind of funny because everyone we talked to definitely not concerned about being politically correct. They didn't even know what our political leanings were. And they would just start talking and sharing their own. And it was kind of just interesting to learn more about the culture and how people view travelers, tourists, just, you know, by having these interactions and conversations with them. But it is funny too, like as Americans, sometimes we view the world in a very American centric way and think that everybody knows what's going on here. But I remember one person was like, Oh, who's president? We're in America right now. We're like, are you kidding me? It's like, (laughs) was this not world news? It's Trump. And he's like, Oh yeah, Trump. I remember that now. I'm like, that's pretty crazy. I guess that guy was just not plugged in, not really paying attention to what was going on outside of his country. And yeah, well, I mean, we don't know who was president of his country either. I wish I could pay a little less attention sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it, it's a, it pumps money into the economies and boosts it and it gets more people out there traveling. And then I definitely think it's good for families with children because if you have children, I mean, I know we've talked to Logan Lenz and he spoke about how he makes traveling work for his family. Um, but that takes a lot of effort, a lot of planning and it can be very expensive. So it just depends, you know, on, what your budgets are and what your timelines are. Um, Do you have to fit your family vacation into a four day period? Well, probably cruising is a better option. So, yeah. So is there anything else that we need to talk about the cruise or is that it? Um, I mean, unless you want to share some stories, I think we can move on. I don't think we need to. Uh, Yeah, a story or two would be fun. I mean, (laughs) we already talked about Belize. And I know the one story that we've been kind of telling everybody is that Sarah got to swim with a jaguar. So, And earlier you said that Lauren's uh, website was Travels by Lauren, but I think she just has Instagram. So it's Travels by Lauren, and I think you can probably see the jaguar on there. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I had no intention of doing this, but um, my niece had kept talking about how that was like her excitement for the day. She was she just wanted to swim with the jaguar. That was it. Um, And I guess um, so we went and spent the day at a resort that was also a wildlife rescue center. And so they had all of these animals that they had rescued. And one of them was a jaguar. And she kept talking about it. And it just sounded so fun. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it, too. Um, So it was fun. It was cool. We got to hold it and pet it a little bit which was a little scary. And then it put a hole in my shoe with its claw. <laughs> so that was a fun one. So, I mean, we could probably have an entire episode just of like stories. So we won't do that. <laughs> but I guess the next big thing that we had to talk about was just, you know, we, like Sarah said earlier, we had a great 2017. We traveled a lot. We were in the RV for just about all of it or Airbnb or traveling all over the place. 
And now that it's 2018, we've got a few different goals in mind and they still are revolving around travel, but it mm-hmm. might be a little bit, um, well, it's going to be a lot different. So listen, I don't even know how many months ago it is now because it just all feels like a blur, but I want to say like, it was in November when we found it so, yeah. so going on three months ago, mm-hmm. um, I was just derping around on the internet and happened upon a Zillow listing of a house near Atlanta that Sarah and I just thought was perfect. And it would be silly of us to at least not look into it. So we looked into it and just kind of snowballed from there. And before long, we were planning on buying this house. So we put in an offer the very same day that we looked at it. Like I contacted an agent, we made an appointment and then we went and saw it, and I think that was all within, like, three yeah. weeks. And the house is just so great. I mean, that's where we're recording from right now. It's, uh, I mean. We have a pond. Yeah, that's the big thing for me. <laughs> like, we have a pond. We have about four and three quarters acres, and we're still pretty close to Atlanta. Five, so Five and three quarters. Four and three quarters, I'm pretty sure. The whole land? Yeah, I'm pretty it's sure. Five. It's over five. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's four and three quarters, but I don't know. No. All right. Who knows? We have somewhere between four and six acres. So. I'll have to look back at the survey. You can tell that we just moved in recently because we still don't know what we're talking about on a lot of things. But anyway, so the place is great. It's so scenic and picturesque. And we've been just sitting in this like sunroom working throughout the day. And we can see, you know, ducks on our pond and a herring. And a muskrat, which actually we kind of need to get rid of, even though he's really pretty, we he might destroy our pond. But anyway, it's been a lot of fun being here and enjoying the scenery. But it's not the end of travel for us or even the end of, you know, you know, full time travel or long term travel or anything. Because our goal, even before we bought this house, was that we wanted to find some place where we could you know, make a nice Airbnb based on our experiences having stayed in Airbnbs and even having lived in Airbnbs for a month or more, knowing what people like and knowing what people expect and what is, you know, just nice to have and makes an experience that much better. So we're hoping that in the next six months to a year, we're going to have this place completely furnished and then we're going to be able to put it on Airbnb Well, not just furnished. Um, Yeah, we're going to do some painting and then we have to clean up the yard a lot. And there's some things outside that we need to do to make areas safer, like make better walkways and paths. Yeah, we got a lot of work. There's a couple of little bridges that are super slippery. Ollie almost died today. It was kind of hilarious. Yeah, we got a lot of work to do. I think my just like my variable for fix everything has been furnish the place. That's what I've been saying. But yeah, we need to fit, not really fix everything because it's not in bad shape, but we just need to work on the place and get it ready to our standards to be an Airbnb. And, you know, one that we would be happy to stay in and leave a five-star review for. So we're going to be doing that. And, you know, we're hoping to take from, you know, anywhere from six months to a year and hopefully not any longer and then take off and hopefully have the Airbnb as automated as possible, have people here in the Atlanta area that can maybe check on it for us. And, you know, somebody who just wants a little part-time work to clean it and to run errands and stuff. So that should be, you know, 
yeah and it's it's good timing too because there's a couple of things that you know we need to do in the rv to make it comfortable again um you know it's a 99 so things break and we've been living without the awnings for a while so we're going to get those fixed and then having problems with the plumbing so we're going to get that fixed yeah. and yeah. just a couple little things like that to make it more comfortable again and then take off and it turns out if you live in an a um, RV for two years and travel in it, things start breaking. Yes. And it's hard yes. to fix things <laughs> in a small space when you're also living you in a small it. space. But yeah, it was getting pretty ridiculous there towards the end where we'd pull into a new campsite and be like, all right, I'll put the wood underneath that jack and then you jack that one up and then I'll go and get the ladder. Oh, yeah, we're getting those fixed too. Yes. <laughs> unfurl the awning manually. All this crazy stuff was just going on. So. Yeah, it was time to, you know, put the RV in dry dock, so to speak, and work on it. So we're going to be doing that as soon as we can and getting it ready for the road again. But this is kind of exciting because it'll be an opportunity for us to explore some other ways of travel, too. Like one of the things I want to do is um, we want to take a train trip this year and we want to try to take advantage of that pet sitting app and try to go somewhere with that and um, maybe even spend a month okay. are you talking about oh the house sitting app the pets pet yeah house sitting trusted app. house sitters so when you were saying uh <laughs> pet sitting app i kept thinking rover like the one we had just talked about and i'm like i don't understand how we travel for that like, are you gonna take yeah. dogs on trips for them i don't get it no like the trusted yeah, house sitting or trusted house sitters i forget which is a website that allows you to find people who need their house and their pets sat and you can choose anywhere in the world really. So if you wanted to go to California and stay in a house for free and take care of somebody's pets for them, you could probably find that. And I've seen ones in, you know, the UK and in Hawaii and all sorts of really cool locations where people are saying, come stay in my house, but please take care of my pet. And yeah, and I think one of the things that's kind of held us back from that a little bit is, for one, we didn't need it because we had the RV. And then for two, it's really good to get some local reviews from that first so that you have those reviews when you put in, I guess, your offer or volunteering to go to another country or another faraway state or something. So um, we're going to work on that for a little bit first, and that'll be fun and interesting, and we'll get to meet some people, more people in this area. Yeah. And- and it might not even be through that website. I know there are other methods to finding um, house-sitting mm-hmm. gigs. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people will go on Facebook groups. A lot of people will just use yeah. their network of friends of friends of friends or whatever. And, you know, just let everybody you know know that you're more than willing and excited to take care of people's animals for them wherever they happen to need it. And that's an easy way to you know, basically get free lodging, take care of animals. And sometimes I've heard, you know, the jobs will even pay a little and you might even get use of somebody's car, things like that. So we're hoping to maybe dip our toe into that and try it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because even while we're working on getting the house ready to Airbnb, um, we still don't want to limit ourselves and say that we're not going to travel while we're doing that because um, we're both restless. So we like if you yeah. every single weekend painting and doing yard work, I think we'll go crazy. And every single weekday, just working and 
unpacking and putting together furniture and stuff like that, we're going to go nuts in no time. So we're definitely going to have to take this time to see more of Atlanta, see, see and do the things we've always wanted to do here, but for some reason never did when we lived here for so many years. And then also, you know, go on trips, you know, spend time with friends and go on trips with them and road trips and whatever else. So we're definitely not done traveling, even though we happen to have a sticks and bricks house now. Yeah. And it's just exciting because, um, you know, it's kind of funny because we never really like fully plan these things. We just kind of have this idea and then it just kind of happens. Um, but, you know, we've been kind of toying around the idea of getting an investment property or an Airbnb property um, for a while. And, you know, it would be good to have a nice place to stay in Atlanta and things like that. But um, when we found this place, it's just it's just beautiful and we just love it. And it's you know, kind of like a retreat and it just feels so peaceful and I could definitely see it's growing old here. So it's just one of those things that we just had to jump on and, you know, we'll Airbnb it for a few years while we travel more and hopefully it'll help to pay down the mortgage as well. But, um, you know, at the end when we're ready to be more settled and more retired, we'll just move in here permanently or semi-permanently while we still travel, I'm sure. Um, it's just one of those things. Yeah. So like Zach said, we're not done traveling and we're definitely not done with the RV, but it's just going to be a new adventure for a little bit. And it'll be cool to be on the other side of the Airbnb experience. And hopefully once we learn more about that side of it, we can do, um, you know, a podcast or two about that and share some of our experiences from it. But, um, I have already touched on the fact that, you know, it's a new year, new goals. Um, so we have a couple personal travel goals and personal health and personal house goals for this year. Um, so I just wanted to touch on the thing about how, you know, travel is one of the biggest goals that people make, um, when the new year occurs, you know, they want to travel more, they want to go to more exotic places and make sure they have more time for it. But the thing is that I've noticed is that people will say my goal is to travel more, but they're not using, and I feel like this is so silly, but you know, everyone knows about the smart goals and you know how to make your goals smart, but it's just, nobody really thinks about it or not nobody, but some people overlook it when they're actually sitting down to make their lists for their goals for the new year. And so you just have to think about, you know, is it specific? Is it measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely? And so you can't just say, I want to travel more because then it might not happen. You know, you can say, well, I'm just going to be available and take what happens. And But if your friends are saying, well, we're planning a retreat um, next month, if you haven't been planning it, if you haven't been making sure that it's a smart goal, are you going to have the funds? Are you going to be able to ask off work or are you going to have a job that allows you to take that time to go out skiing in Colorado last minute? You know, so you have to think about all these things. And then the other thing that happens is that at the end of the year, what we hear are excuses from people. Um, And one of them, the biggest one is that, well, we didn't have enough money to end up traveling. But if you look through some of our previous episodes, I mean, we've talked to people who have made things work. And one of the ways that people have made it work is by making it their job. I mean, uh, we talked to Kaki Burgess, who worked on a yacht and got to travel that way. Um, you know, we've spoken with, um, with April, the travel yep, photographer. April, April um, And, you know, she does tours. And so she gets paid for the tours, and then she gets to travel cool places for that. And then, you know, Beth, who um, 
did the uh, Asia biking tour. She's actually doing it again, which is amazing. Um, She will take jobs in different states um, as a tour guide, biking tour guide, camping tour guide. Most recently, she was a FedEx or UPS helper. So she described herself basically as an elf. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, But yeah, so she'll go places where jobs are, and that allows her to experience a new city, a new state. Um, So that's really cool. So money can't really be your excuse, because there's a lot of ways to make that happen. Um, You know, we spoke with Stephen, who lived in a very, very tiny space so that he could save up more money. So think about the things in your life that cost the most, and think about what things in your life you actually require, and maybe start paring those down, you know, remove some of the things that you don't really need so that your income can be put towards travel goals and savings. Yeah, I think it's really about just making travel a priority. So a lot of the people who may complain that they don't have the money, they need to look and see that they may be spending their money on other things that they don't truly need or doesn't really make them happy or they don't value as much as travel. Yeah, and then in that same line of thought... Um, time. People say, I don't have the money and I don't have the time. Um, so thinking about ways that you can make that time happen, you know, going back to Steven's interview where he worked it out with his boss that he would work three weeks out of the month and then he would take the other week off and he would just make sure that he got all of his work done in that time slot. And for most of us, That's not realistic because most bosses are going to be like, no, we really need you to be available. But you do have vacation days, so just prioritize those. And then if you look at um, Lauren from Wild Terrains, she's like queen of taking two or three day vacations. You know, you prioritize that and it takes a lot of planning. Um, You know, you have to watch for flight deals, hotel deals to be able to make it worth it because you're not going to spend, you know, five or $600 on a flight for just two or three days. But um, if you look for those deals and you look for those opportunities, just jump at them and take them and take advantage of it and, you know, be a little bit more, I guess, in the moment and more conscientious of what you're doing so that you really take advantage of it. You know, go somewhere for coffee, go somewhere for dinner, uh, make sure that you do something, even if it's a little touristy, just something that's very, um, I guess, symbolic of that city. Um, you know, one of the things we did in Florida, we went to the, um, water of life fountain of youth. Yeah. Um, and it was so cheesy and so touristy, but it was one of the favorite things that we did there in St. Augustine. Um, so that was a lot of fun. So it just helps you remember your trip and remember your experiences to do something. And I really like what Steven did where he just talked to his boss and worked out a deal with them basically. So I think a lot of people, you know, maybe even have like a cartoonish idea of a boss as like their taskmaster and will never allow them to do anything. And undoubtedly, there are some bosses like that are just going to be jerks and don't really care about anything except the work getting done. But I'd say most of them that I've met want you to be happy and want to work out something with you. Even back when I was a teenager and working, you know, hourly jobs at the grocery store, I could just say, it's like, hey, I really want to do, you know, this after school. Can you make this work if I don't work these hours or this day or whatever? And they would. And, you know, moving forward into current day, I think we're really lucky to have a great boss who, you know, both my manager and my CEO, who's completely fine with people pursuing what makes them happy outside of work, even if it may 
make them have a non-traditional work life. So we've had people go and work from Korea and we have people who may be flirting with the idea of moving to a new continent. And we've had people, including ourselves, who have gone to visit coworkers and work in South America. And I think, you know, not only is our boss okay with it, they're happy that we're doing something that we like. And, you know, from a business perspective, he's not having to manage miserable employees. Yeah. And it helps with employee retention too. But, you know, if I think sometimes people kind of will make excuses, well, my job is like this and so it won't work. But, you know, if you work a shift job, see about trading out shifts, you know, work double shifts or um, trade with your friends or your coworkers until you get enough shifts off where you can go somewhere and do something. Um, You know, speak to your boss and just let them know, I want to take, you know, more trips this year. And, I'm sure, you know, you'll probably be able to work something out. And if you can't, and this is a high priority for you, then maybe it's time to consider a career change or, you know, looking for a new job with a new boss who is understandable. And if you work, you know, nine to five, typical corporate America, um, you know, and you have to be in your office, maybe work it out with your boss where once a month you get to work from home Thursday and Friday, or maybe you get to work from home every Friday or something like that, that works for you and also for your boss. And then maybe you can just go and work remotely from somewhere that Thursday and Friday, but you're also somewhere new and experiencing something new. Um, Yeah. We have a lot of friends who work for big fortune 500 companies and high rises downtown places that you normally wouldn't associate with being flexible and allowing for our, you know, a work-life balance who do work this out with their manager and they're able to work from home, you know, some of them just one day a week, some of them Monday and Friday. But, you know, there's a few people I know who have worked out deals where they almost never come into the office. Mm -hmm. So I think Mm -hmm. it is possible. Um, And I know one of the, the next excuse that we hear a lot is like, I have kids, so this would never work. Yeah, it's too expensive because of children or uh, traveling isn't child-friendly or, you know, anything like well, that. No. But, again, look at our yeah, Logan Lens Logan interview. is definitely making it work. I know he has twins, and by the time this comes out, he probably has a newborn or thereabout. Um, and just on this cruise, you know, our nephews and our niece was with us, and they all loved it. And I think it was very educational for them, too. Like, when I was their age, I wasn't getting to go to – monkey farms and not a farm. I don't know what you call it. (laughs) Monkey reserves and sea Mayan ruins and things like that. So I think it had a dual benefit to Daniel and Lauren, my brother and sister-in-law to actually be providing a little bit of homeschooling along the way. And yeah. And it's a good thing, you know, to get exposed early to new cultures and new experiences so that you don't have, you know, more of a closed mind. I mean, the way you become open-minded and the way you become, you know, socially conscious is by experiencing new things and by talking to new people and meeting people and having conversations that have a different cultural background than you. Yeah, I really like seeing one of my nephews being at least interested in trying to speak Spanish to people. And, you know, he wasn't learning a great deal of Spanish or anything, but he was going around to people like, hola, como esta? And then they would say something back to him and he had no idea what they said. But I just still <laughs> thought that was, you know, that's progress. You know, probably a week before that, he didn't know how to say como esta or anything. So, 
you know, and he was hearing the words that were said back to him and it'll probably, you know, might take him a few times hearing them, but after a while we'll recognize those. So I thought it was fun for them. I could tell that they were, you know, having fun, wearing themselves out every day. I think they were learning a lot. They were bonding with their family. And, uh, you know, my brother and sister-in-law definitely made it work. Yeah. And I'm sure that there are other excuses, too. But the last one that I could think of was planning. Um, Because, you know, traveling takes time, but also the planning and the preparation for it takes time as well. But that's when it's good to consider, you know, using a travel guide or or a service or even just going on a tour like with April's photography tours um, where there's not so much planning involved. You know, if you're do even if you're doing something like a cruise, getting somebody to put all the pieces together and do all the um, excursion planning is a huge benefit. I mean, it was, like I said, it was amazing for me not to have to worry about it. Um, so, you know, there's things like that. And then there's also things like travel guides online, um, you know, like Wild Terrains. She put, posts little um, guides to cities and different locations and things that she's done. And, you know, especially if you just have a weekend, those are great resources. Um, when we were traveling in South America and we were planning to hike Torres del Paine, there were so many resources online that I used to help plan that. I didn't have to do that by myself. And I'm sure it would have been even easier if I had used a travel guide. But, you know, there's lots of blogs about people talking about their own experiences and what they did right and what they did wrong and what they wish they would have done. And um, there's tons of websites that are devoted to it. So there's no end to the resources that you can use for planning. It doesn't have to be overwhelming or stressful. Yeah, and a lot of these um, travel guides, travel agents who, you know, definitely in the past, I've been very skeptical of whether they were needed, especially in this internet age where you can kind of find anything and book anything online. And I started to kind of, you know, break down those ideas when we were doing the Torres del Paine, uh, where it was hard to book stuff online. Like the websites barely worked. They were in Spanish and sometimes they didn't accept reservations and I would try to call somebody and we wouldn't understand each other. So it would have been nice to have somebody on the ground to help us with that. And then I also thought, you know, my preconceived notion of travel agents were just like, you know, very cookie cutter trips that they would try to sell you and that it wouldn't be anything I'd be interested in. And you would be walking around, you know, wearing Mickey Mouse ears and a camera and wearing a t-shirt that's the same as everybody else in your group looking like a huge dork or something. I don't know. But, you know, then I see people like, you know, Lauren from Wild Terrains, who's just providing guides where if you happen to be in Portland, Maine, she gives you a great idea of where you can go and grab a coffee or, you know, travels by Lauren where she has all these cool things on cruises and cruise excursions where, you know, when we were with her, some of the times we were the only ones on the excursion. So it wasn't this big thing with, you know, tons of tourists and looking out of place And then, you know, all the way up to if you do prefer super luxury travel and want to go, you know, to Russia and stay in five-star hotels and see the ballet, there are people like Astrid who can do that for you. So I think it really, you know, I've changed my outlook on it a little bit since then. And I don't mind the planning quite as much, but I agree with Sarah. It was nice to have to do next to nothing and just let Lauren take care of it for us. 
So, you know, while you're still maybe finalizing your goals or while you're reviewing them and thinking about next steps to achieve your goals this year, um, definitely look at, you know, how smart the goal is and make it more specific and make it more, you know, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. And if you start thinking, oh, well, I can't do it because of this, definitely, you know, not to plug, but definitely review some of our episodes because I think that a lot of them will take away most of your excuses. And if you have some excuses that we haven't addressed yet or that you think can't be addressed, send them to us. And I would love to help you research it and figure out how it's not actually an excuse and how you yeah, can and still do it. I don't do think it. Sarah is saying um, this because she's some like weird manager from a Dilbert strip or something. <laughs> it's like, no. I think she's just noticed. And I've noticed that when people make very vague goals, they typically don't achieve them. And we've all been the person or known the person who on December 31st, look back at their last new year's resolution. And it's like, well, crap, I didn't do that. Yeah, I guess it'll be my yeah, resolution. So, too. you know, when it comes to travel, we really do want to see more people do it. Yeah. We want to see more people, yeah. you know, people. trying it and getting excited about it and maybe even trying long term travel or becoming a person who makes their, you know, lifestyle into travel. So I think all that does yeah. require yeah. specific goals. You know, when we started in living in the RV, we weren't just like, I guess we'll travel somehow. I don't know. We actually says like, we want to buy an RV by this time next year. We did. And then we thought, okay, we'll take three months. I thought it was, I think it was to make it livable. And that would just be the minimum. And then we would be working on it from there out. So I think it took us two months. That was great. Yeah. We beat the goal. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so those are things, you know, that you can do to help move forward. And if you're thinking, well, I actually don't want to travel and I'm not excited about it. And none of what you're saying. Why are you listening to this? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Maybe this isn't the show for you. Um, But, you know, in this coming year, um, we're definitely going to be doing more podcasting, more traveling. Um, So we're working on getting some great interviews lined up for you guys that will talk more about different ways to travel, um, more about how other people are traveling and taking advantage of all there is to see in this beautiful world. Um, So we're really looking forward and excited about all that. Yeah. So and as usual, please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, the Internet, all that good stuff. It's been way too long since I've actually made these plugs, so see if I can get them right. Just check out the show notes page. Yeah. It'll all be They're there. on the website, <laughs> You can find links to everything there, to Facebook, to Twitter. Twitter, we're at ListenTL. We're Facebook.com slash ListenTL, or you can just search Thinking Liberty. And I think that's it. Um, Oh, yeah. Leave us a, Leave review. Us a oh, yeah. review on iTunes. We really appreciate that. And we want to hear from you guys. So even if you're not leaving a review, which we hope you do, uh, you know, send us a message on Facebook, contact us through the website, uh, let us know your thoughts. If there's anything you would like to hear more of or less of, you know, just let us know. I guess that's it for this episode. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Thinking Liberty. Subscribe to the show for free on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher at thinkingliberty.com. You'll also find detailed show notes pages, articles by Zach and Sarah, and more. We'll see you next time.